0: Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Hope you all had a great weekend. Today, Carson Wentz officially just got cut. He is done with the Washington Commanders. I dive in, does anybody sign him? Is he a starter anymore, even in the NFL? Then it's been reported that the Bears are leaning towards trading the first overall pick of the draft. Is that a smart idea? Then Bryce Young not throwing at the Combine. Jalen Carter not working out, two of the uh, biggest names in the draft, two of the highest prospects on the board. Is this a good idea for them? And then it's been reported that a Jalen Ramsey trade could be incoming within the next few weeks. Who would benefit the most from adding Jalen Ramsey? Then Damian Lillard dropped 71. Lakers won again. Bucks beat the Suns in the NBA. I get to all that here on Unbothered. Let's get started with Carson Wentz. Getting cut. Uh, officially been released. It saves the commanders $26 million, uh, which is a tremendous amount. So he has, now has no more guaranteed money left on his deal. So just, I thought, a smart move considering they were going with Sam Howell, that uh, Taylor Heineke looked better most of the season, uh, better than Carson Wentz. So I thought this was a smart move move. And to me, Carson Wentz is no longer a starter. Uh, since the Pro Bowl season where he tore his ACL, he's fought through concussions and other sort of injuries. Uh since then he's led the league in interceptions once uh, in twenty twenty. He's posted one winning record in twenty uh two winning records twenty nineteen, nine and seven, and then last year with ending nine and eight. Uh but, you know, he can't win big games. Uh, his body fails him. So I don't look at him. He is a starter anymore in the NFL now. I know he's just thirty days or thirty years old. Uh, still relatively young, especially for a quarterback standard. But to me, he's no longer a viable starter in in the league. He could probably be a backup, but he is a starter uh, this year, he was just abysmal. Uh, two and five. It was his worst uh, completion percentage uh, for a full season. Uh, his lowest passing yards, touchdowns, more interceptions this year, uh, only playing in, you know, seven games than he has in 16-game season. So it was really, really the downfall of Carson Wentz this year. Uh, Washington took, took a gamble on him, and it just it did not work out. Uh, for Carson Wentz. So the question is now, does anyone need him? I don't think so. I don't think there's any team that are, is really lining up the door to the shooter and saying, hey, I've got to have uh, Carson Wentz on our team. We think he'd, think he'd be, be a good fit. No, there's. I go through the teams of the AFC, and there's no team I think he'd benefit. I go down to the NFC, and there's really no team – that I think he'd benefit. Uh, yes, the NFL is star-driven, quarterback-driven league, but you got to be a good one, and I definitely think you can get younger, cheaper options uh, via free agency this year and the draft as well. I'd rather take a flyer on a fourth, fifth-round quarterback than invest in Carson Wentz. Uh, he has hit his uh, ceiling already, and right now he's... I believe that his floor. Uh, So, no. If I'm a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Saints, I'm not entertaining Carson Wentz at all. If I'm a team like the Raiders, again, not entertaining Carson Wentz joining my team. Uh, I'm not signing him. I'm not reaching out. You do not need him. Do I think he'd be a good backup for a guy like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota? Yeah, because it's. Similar skill sets. If Kirk Cousins gets injured, you could have a viable backup there. But I think that is a route to take. Uh, you know, you know, Dallas Cowboy backup Dak Prescott. A situation like that, maybe San Francisco to you know up either Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, depending on what happens there, or Rams to back backup. Uh, Matthew Stafford, because I do think he's a little better than um, Baker Mayfield. Maybe the Cardinals go out to sign him because Kyler Murray won't be healthy to start the year. And uh, you kind of have a backup there for him because he isn't upgrade over Colt McCoy. Uh, actually, I just think I found a solution. I think the Cardinals signed Carson Wentz. That's my prediction. Uh, was not anticipating that you know, be saying that, but I believe that's a move to make. I think the Cardinals are best suited for him if they want to at least be somewhat competitive. If they don't just want to tank, I understand that too. Uh you can go ahead and do that. But I think if you want to be competitive, well Kyler Murray's out. Why not sign Carson? Uh he'll know he'll be the backup when Kyler Murray's in. Uh but let's say if he can try to ramp up some of his value in the first half of the season before Kyler Murray comes back. Uh Just came up with that, and honestly, really like that option. I think that's my favorite one so far. Now, moving on to the Chicago Bears, It's being reported by Adam Schefter and others that they are leaning towards trading the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, I think this is, to me... I think it's a great idea. I think it's very smart to trade the number one pick, considering the Bears have Justin Fields. Uh, They have a lot of other holes on their roster. They're missing defensive pieces. They're missing offensive line, wide receiver. Uh, They kind of, you know, there's a reason why they were working in the league, had 10 losses. But Justin Fields, I believe, was a star and kind of made him relevant for a lot of the season with his rushing attack. So I think if you were to trade a Bryce Young, uh, trade Justin Fields and get a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, you have to have other pieces in place or you'll really just be starting over again with less talent on your team. So I think the smart idea is to trade this pick back because you can trade it to the Colts and maybe get more seconds, another first. And you could really try to hit a home run on a lot of the picks and have a very young team and be like, hey, we like our team. Is Justin Fields the guy going forward? If we get a wide receiver we like him, it turns out. Or some defensive pieces. It could be, hey, uh, looks like Justin Fields ain't the guy. Because to me, this isn't the best quarterback draft. This isn't uh, the Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones um, type draft. This isn't the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Uh, to a draft. It just isn't. Next year might be a little different with Caleb Williams going in. Uh, I'm not sold on Caleb Williams like a lot of other people are. Uh, but I don't think Bryce Young again is an immediate upgrade over Justin Fields. Is Bryce Young or is Bryce Young an immediate upgrade over Justin Fields? Neither do I think CJ Stroud. So the smart idea is to trade back, give them flexibility. And then I'd probably trade back, let's say you trade it to the Colts. Let's say Houston wants Bryce Young. Colts want Bryce Young. You trade it back to the Colts. Let's say the Raiders want to draft a quarterback or somebody's high on Anthony Richardson. and You could trade back and back and back. and require a lot of draft capital if you play this right. And you could really rebuild your team. Really on the fly, and have a lot of nice, young, solid pieces. And then again, you can decide, is the coach right? Is a quarterback right? That's what you can decide. So again, I think it's smart for them to trade the pick. I love this idea. Uh and I'm fine with them waiting to until draft data build some anticipation uh, to really drive up the highest deal for the Chicago Bears. Uh trade the pick. Absolutely think it's a smart thing to do. Then it's being reported that young Bryce young will not be throwing be throwing at the combine uh, Jalen Carter will also not be working out uh, is this a good idea for prospects such as them I think it is uh, I think it's very smart for uh, great talents like Bryce young Jalen Carter who are projected in everybody's mock draft to go. You know, basically, in the nowhere, there would be no way Jalen Carter or Bryce Young drop outside the top five. I really don't see it like that. I believe Houston uh, or the Texans will take, the Texans or the Colts will take Bryce Young. I believe the Cardinals or uh, whatever team gets up there can get Jalen Carter. If they don't, maybe the Seahawks get him. So I think it's smart because there's nothing they can do to really. Uh, elevate it themselves further because they're already at the top of the draft board. there is, again, nothing they can do except hurt themselves. They could be like, oh, Jalen Carter, you know, does a bench press or uh, does the cone drills. Oh, he's not as fast as we want him to be. Or, oh, he's not as uh, strong as we thought he was. Then you have second doubts there. This gets rid of a doubts. This erases it because, hey, he's not doing it. All we see is what's on tape of him in games. And that looks pretty good. Same with Bryce Young. As he throws it, you will be like, oh, I thought he could throw it a little far- farther. I thought he had a cannon for an arm. You know, now the questions start to creep in. So I think it's smart. Whereas the other players who will Levis, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson, they are going to participate in the combine because they're gaining some steam. People like them, but hey, this could take him over the top. This could be the thing. You know, you look at combines in the past. Malik Willis had a great combine. I believe the Titans took Malik Willis based on that. Zach Wilson had a tremendous combine. Jets, I think, took a lot of that based on that. So, again, you can really raise your performance with the combine, or you could hinder it. So I think for top draft prospects, It is smart to sit out of the combine. Don't hurt your status there. Again, think it's smart. Now moving on to Jalen Ramsey. This to me is interesting because it's been reported that the Rams are looking to trade him. And again, I think it's smart for the Rams. I think it benefits them. Uh, considering that they need draft capital. Uh, they are went all in, and they need draft picks. So I think it's smart for, for Rams to do this. I think it will benefit Jalen Ramsey, who added down years sort of by his standards uh, to get rejuvenated in a new system, nuisance of blood because he's still young. I think he can still be a, a very good cornerback in the league. Uh, considering at one point he was the best of the best. Now he's not considered as such. So I think it would benefit both the Rams and Ramsey by trading him. But who wants to trade for him? Well, I give you five teams I think that would benefit most from getting Jalen Ramsey. Number one, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have a very good corner. In uh, Stefan Diggs, I thought, or my bad, Trevon Diggs, uh, you know, started a lot of games, uh, played very well. I thought tightened up his coverage a lot uh, this year, and again, he improved much more than uh, he was, you know, the previous year where you had the 13 interceptions, but teams were targeting him a lot. So it was kind of really a trade off there because was he that good? Was he not? Uh, who knows? But now you've got, you know, opposite Travon Diggs, you've got issues there. Uh, I think Noah Brown was one of the guys. He was not good at all. Uh, Nation Wright really couldn't cover uh, Jordan Lewis. I think he's decent in the slot, but he's not the guy. So you have a really weak, weak corner outside of Trevon Diggs. And I think this would just be a fun pairing, too, overall, to have Trevon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, two top ten corners in the league on the same team. That would really send a signal to the NFC, to the league, saying, hey, Dallas Cowboys are for real. We're going to try to win a title or at least get as close as we can. Uh, we're taking a big swing here. and." I think the Dallas Cowboys would benefit a lot from it. I think it would benefit Trevon Diggs and uh, kind of the leadership on this defensive side, too. Again, I don't think it would work out salary cap-wise, considering CeeDee Lanz going to get an extension soon, Micah Parson, uh, next year. So I don't think money-wise it would fit, but I think from a talent skill point, Ramsey and Diggs on the same team, that would be a lot of fun. That's why I have them at five. Number four, the Las Vegas Raiders. Can you name a corner on the Las Vegas Raiders? Can you name the uh, number one corner on the Las Vegas Raiders that, you know, was really good this year that you said, wow, uh, that's a guy, you know, we really like? Of course not. Of course you can't name a defensive back on the Las Vegas Raiders because they haven't had any for years. I'm having, a tr- I'm having trouble uh, naming the number one corner. I thought it was, you know, Nate Hobbs, and I think it's Hobbs, and I think of Hobbs and Shaw from Fast and Furious. But, yeah, I believe it is Hobbs was their number one corner. So, yeah, or Roberson, uh, Robertson, my bad, and they had Rocky Asin. So not great at all. I think this would benefit the Ra- uh, the Raiders. Uh, a lot, considering they're in a offensive division. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe the Chargers are very good with Justin Herbert at quarterback. Uh, their new offensive coordinator coming in. I believe they're going to throw the football a lot more, be a lot more efficient doing it with Kellen Moore. And then the Broncos, Sean Payton's there. I believe they're going to make improvement, steps in the right direction. So I think it benefits the Raiders. Last year, the Raiders were of a fourth-worst pass defense. They had 243 yards uh, allowed on them per game on the air. So guess what? A cornerback like Jalen Ramsey would help in trying to neutralize uh, quarterbacks such as Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and to a lesser degree, Russell Wilson. So I think the Raiders would be a big fit. Uh, similar market. 2v Rams, so that makes sense from their perspective or from his perspective. So I like him to the Raiders. Number three, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, I thought, had one of the most underrated defense. Uh, They were top 10 in a lot of, you know, metrics, top 15 in a lot. Uh, They had a great defense. The one weakness was the pass defense. It was, uh, Bottom ten in the league, be allowed two hundred and thirty yards uh, per game, and they don't have a star back there. Now I do like Owuizie; uh, I think he's a good corner. Uh, but the other guys there, I'm sorry, I don't think Mike Hilton is that good. And then you got another problem: you got a bum and Eli Apple at corner as well. So, considering corner is your weakest position, and Patrick Mahomes exploited it. In the national or in the AFC championship game, I think you go out and get Ramsey. Now, that's another boisterous personality to add to the secondary, but I think if you get a guy like Jalen Ramsey, you can move off Eli Apple. You can move off Mike Hilton, two of the guys who do the biggest amount of trash talking in the number two and three corners on your team. Uh, and I think this would signify a big move uh, to the Chiefs and other uh, teams in the AFC Behave. hey, uh, we're just going to keep getting. Better and better. And I think they can restructure the salary uh, to make it work if they do get off Hilton and Eli Apple. But I think that Bengals move that team, uh, I think already is pretty stacked offensively, has a great roster overall. Adding Jalen Ramsey, a legit superstar there on the outside, I think that would do some wonders for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's why I have him at three. Number two, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, the second-worst pass defense in the league, 267 yards over the air this season. They were bad. The coverage scheme was bad, but I'm sorry. The players weren't up to snuff either. I know everybody wants to talk about Patrick Peterson and a good year he had, and I thought he had it all right here, but guess what? He is getting older and he's getting slower. That is just the facts of it, but so is this whole secondary. Harrison Smith. It's safety, uh, as well as the same way Ben Sullivan on the opposite side of the corner. I don't think that good, Cameron Dantzler. So this, to me, that would be a huge trade, as well, considering the Vikings need a corner. However, I don't think it's possible, considering they're $24 million over the cap. They're going to have to get creative with a Justin Jefferson contract looming. But I think the Vikings would be a big one, considering the pass defense. It's the weakest part of their team by far, uh, and Jalen Ramsey would shore up some of those issues. Number one, the Detroit Lions. That is right. There's been a lot of smoke with the Detroit Lions. Jerry Jacobs talking about Jalen Ramsey, um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, another factor I've linked in there is Brad Holmes, a former uh, personnel guy, scouting guy over there with the Rams. Uh, knows Jalen Ramsey. Now the GM over with Detroit. I think it makes sense from a uh, perspective on the field, considering the Detroit Lions, in terms of pass evens, they were the third-worst, sandwiched them between the Vikings and the Raiders. They were bad, 246 yards per game over the air. Uh, It got better in the second half of the season, but the first start off, it was awful. Now Jeff Okuda will pick up his fifth-year contract. I don't know if he's worth that uh, because that will pay him like a top-ten corner. I shy away from that. I don't. I think Arouye, uh took a step back. I do think Jerry Jacobs will see, but I think having a mentor like Jalen Ramsey would be good. I think he would improve this. He'd be a culture setter. He'd be a tone setter on the Lions. And to me, this would be the biggest sign that these aren't the same old Lions that hey, we're going to make moves, uh, big moves for star players. We're going to attract star talent over to Detroit, uh, and we're going to win. I also think he'd fit in well. With a culture like Dan Campbell, considering he was just with a players coach in Sean McVay, uh, Dan Campbell a little more unorthodox, but everybody loves uh, the Dan Campbell so far. I know it's only two years in, but you've had some early coaches in, like Cliff Kingsbury. The players talk about Cliff Kingsbury not a great way, uh, and other great coaches. Uh, people that lash out with Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. Uh, but Dan Campbell it has been great. I think he did get Jalen fit in. They are also, I believe, $25 million over the cap, so it would work just from a pure standpoint with his contract coming over. Uh, I do think you could also restructure it, but I do think that would be a great fit. For of a Detroit Lions. So if I see Jalen Ramsey traded, I would like Cowboys, Raiders, Bengals, Vikings, Lions. Uh, preferably not the Vikings. I know it would fit. But personally, I wouldn't like it being a Lions fan. Now moving on to the NBA. Let me start with Damian Lillard. Yesterday, dropping a cool 71 points. I thought it was very impressive. Uh, he was an... He said he was in intact mode. Uh, I get it. I mean, 32, he is the oldest player in NBA history with a 70-point game and the only player over 30 to, accomplishment, uh, to accomplish that. So I just got to congratulate on, uh, that on him. It was terrific. This is the first time in NBA history where two players have scored 70-plus uh, points. Donovan Mitchell did it earlier in the season. Uh, Damian Lillard. And tied that this year with 71. He was also great on three point attempts. Uh, 13 three pointers on 22 attempts. Uh, one shy of the NBA record, stuff by Golden State's Clay Thompson, which was 14 threes. I uh, could have tied that one. Uh, but again, he was great from a floor 22 of 38. Uh, they were double teaming him. I mean, it was just a great performance. He had forty-one points at halftime. You kind of had a sense that sixty would be in play, uh, but to get seventy, uh, that was—I thought it was just great, uh, fantastic basketball. Uh, watching him drop seventy points. Next up, Lakers win again. To me, this was one of their most impressive wins of a season. Considering in the second quarter they were down by twenty-seven. Uh, I turned this game off. I thought they were dead. I said, I'm not watching this anymore. Uh, When they were down by that much, I said, I'll turn on Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. And then I get the alert at the end of the third quarter. Lakers are down by three. They've cut the lead down by that much. Uh, I guess I got to tune in. So then Anthony Davis was just terrific. He was the best player on the floor last night. Uh, The defense on Luka, the the clutch shooting as well was great. Uh, I mean, especially considering how poor they shot from three. Usually when you're 6 of 34 from three, you shoot 18%. That's a game you're going to lose considering the other team shoots 41% from three. You will lose that game, but Jared Vanderbilt's defense and AD's defense was great. Those two players combined for 32 rebounds they dominated the glass 56 to 48 in the crucial situations uh again davis ed was great lebron always sensational and then vanderbilt much needed spark there in the starting lineup and they were able to neutralize the Kyrie irving luka Doncic show uh but this begs a question now for the lakers is since the trade they've been four and one uh since all their moves that they've made is this enough? I said last week, I think this is a team that can go 17-6 and six and make the play-in, or make the playoffs, rather. I think they can get to the 6 seed. Uh, I'm really confident that they can get to the 6 or maybe even to the 5. Uh, after that one yesterday, I was very impressed. This squad is really good considering they've moved on from Russell Westbrook. They added a better point guard that fits him in d They've added uh stretch defense and Jared Vanderbilt. They added shooting, not only from D'Lo but Malik Beasley. Uh, Mo Bamba is a five as well. So everything the Lakers did was great. Uh, again, I believe watching this team, they can make it to the Western Conference Finals. I really do believe that. But what I am concerned about is LeBron James, and it's really the health of LeBron James. Exited with the. Ankle injury, uh, foot injury, whatever it is. Uh, LeBron says he's in the moderate. The next next couple days, I uh, hear where it goes from there. Uh, LeBron said when he fell and got injured, but he heard a pop. Uh, that's what the microphones caught during the game. So that's something I am concerned about, uh, heavily concerned because if LeBron is injured. Is that a missed time in the postseason? It's a wrap. You might as well not make the postseason and just save yourself the embarrassment and the humiliation because, uh, yes, AD uh, was great. Vanderbilt was great. But that's not going to consistently win you games. Uh, LeBron's going to have to be either the driving force or if AD's playing like this, LeBron's going to have to be a very close two for him to make noise in the playoffs. So the health of LeBron is of uh, the most Important, but then what about the Mavs? I was very shocked that they blew a twenty-seven point lead. Uh, point lead. Jason Kidd says they have to grow up and mature. Uh, I believe some of that was directed at Luka Doncic and some of his antics and celebration uh, that he was doing, uh, showboating and front running. But I also think the key is. Who gets the late shots in uh, the game? When they were dominating this game, Luka Doncic, uh, you know, had half the points in the first quarter. uh, And then the second half, I mean, he was terrific in the first half of that game. And then in the second half, he uh, wasn't as aggressive. Kyrie was more aggressive. Uh, I don't like the dynamic so far of the Kyrie, uh, Luka Doncic. I think they still have to figure that out. Uh, it's not figured out yet. Uh, so that is one thing I am worried about from this team is closing games, I'm not worried about offense. I'm worried about defense and then closing games. Uh, I think you give it to the high end, and I obviously think you roll with Luka closing games. I do. And then the last point I want to bring out is the Bucks versus the Suns. I watched that as well. That looked great. That looked like the finals from two years ago. This looked like a potential finals rematch. Uh, and it was crazy because this was without Giannis and with without KD. So two of the two best players on their team were not playing in the Bucks barely edged the Suns, 104-101. Uh, Chris Middleton coming off the bench uh, made a bit of an impact. Jay Crowder as well, I think, wanted to show the Suns like shouldn't have given up on me. Uh, Devin Booker uh, was kind of off in terms of his usual efficiency. Chris Paul does look older. I do think they need KD. Whereas the Bucks are able to have yet an- another win without Giannis. It just shows that this team is good. Drew Holiday, thirteen of twenty-two shooting. Brooks Lopez can still drop twenty on you. Bobby Portis is great when you put Giannis in there. You know, that'll move Bobby P or John Carter out uh, back to the bench. So this team has a lot of depth. To me, I just feel like Milwaukee, it's the best team considering they got the best player on the planet in Giannis, considering they have the best depth around Giannis. Uh, I think second to the Celtics behind them. Suns traded a lot of that depth to get KD. Uh, Obviously, with KD back, this will be a totally different team uh starting but I like the Bucks. I'm still rolling with Milwaukee and Giannis being the best player, best team in basketball. Gotta say it on that. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all next week. Or I shouldn't say next week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Uh probably be later this week. Uh bye everybody.